Hey Logo Geeks, it's Ian Paddett here. I'm back for another podcast that's created to help you make a living designing logos. On this week's show, I'm going to be joined by Sam Rathling for a LinkedIn masterclass. But before we get into that, I want to thank the sponsor of this week's episode, The Perfect Match, which is a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe Stock Assets. And if your mood board design is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other talented designers, art directors, and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's totally free to participate in the perfect match and by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. To learn more about that and to enter, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash Logo Geek. So I've been keen to find someone who can teach us how to use LinkedIn to get new logo design clients. So I searched online for the best people on the topic and I came across this week's guest, Sam Rattling, who describes herself as a LinkedIn expert and social selling strategist. So you know she fits the bill. I listened to a few of her previous interviews and checked out some of her content and I knew that I needed to get Sam on the podcast so that she can share some of her best tips and advice for using LinkedIn to its full potential to attract a consistent stream of clients. Sam did not disappoint. This episode is truly a LinkedIn masterclass for logo designers. So Sam, thank you so much for coming on. So let's just dive straight into this. Here is the interview with Sam Raffling. Sam, so with the Logo Geek podcast, it's primarily focused on logo design. But something that I'm really keen to do with the show is provide help and support for people that want to make a living designing logos. Mm -hmm. And I'm aware that you are um, an expert on social selling. So Mm -hmm. I, I read on your, I think it was on your LinkedIn profile, you describe yourself as a a uh, social selling strategist so I think as you know you're not a a designer a lot of the audience probably won't be familiar with you Mm -hmm. so could you do a little bit of an intro for us let us know who you are and and what you do basically (laughs) sure absolutely well firstly thanks for the invitation to be here Um, my name is Sam Rathling I'm a LinkedIn expert and social selling strategist so what that really means is I help people to build their brand and get more customers from platforms like LinkedIn. So social selling can be applied outside of the LinkedIn environment. I just happen at the moment to focus on that because it's the the best place for people selling business to business to build their brand, get new clients, and really kind of build their visibility and credibility. And I think that's perfect because I I think in the graphic design space, not that many designers that I know anyway really use LinkedIn. 
Um, I mean, obviously, they, you know, they they have a LinkedIn profile, but in mm-hmm. terms of using it in a way to attract clients, I don't see many people do, maybe just a handful of people. Yeah. And those that are using it seem to be quite successful with it. So um, I think to give a bit of context, why do you think graphic designers or logo designers should be using LinkedIn? So I personally, I think that every single person listening to this that is in logo design or is looking to attract new clients and develop their client portfolio should be on LinkedIn. Um, If you take this platform, I mean, it's a very visual platform if you take the content element of it. So let's say you were building up an audience and and building up your followers of people who are running businesses or likely to need the services of a logo designer. They're all going to be on LinkedIn, whether they are working in a big company or whether they are running their own business. So the fact that you can get your designs out there, can demonstrate your expertise you know, through everything that's on your LinkedIn profile, through to the content that you're posting to get visible with these potential customers, I think it's an absolute no-brainer that somebody should be on the LinkedIn platform yeah. to build their business for sure. Yeah, yeah. I know I've I've had a LinkedIn profile for years and I've always just kind of used it just, uh, you know, when you're looking for a job or something, it's a little bit yeah, like it's, an it's online sure. CV. <laughs> yeah, that's how most people perceive LinkedIn, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't really uh, post or, or use it to its full potential. I don't even know. I mean, I do kind of like I know that there's some communities and stuff like that, but I, I don't even know how I would approach it. So mm. um, well, that's not uncommon, Ian, to be honest. <laughs> so I think we should talk about this. So, yeah. so LinkedIn as a platform, most people listening to this probably are similar to me and I'm I'm making assumptions here so so they have a profile they've you know added their CV on there and mm-hmm. uh, you know they get messages from people that keep trying to sell them stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, how can people use LinkedIn to actually attract clients what's what's the best approach to do that so for me, there are three things. Okay, so I'll, I'll talk. I'll tell you what they are, and then we'll go into deeper detail on each one. Yeah, so go into the details. Is, we love the yeah. details. <laughs> so, so I think the first thing is the profile, as you've already alluded to. I mean, that is a huge part of being able to attract a customer. Um, if you take the profile now, I mean, there are seventeen different elements of a LinkedIn LinkedIn profile, and most people are only use scratching the surface of what they could be doing with their profile. So for first off, if you're in design, your LinkedIn header image needs to look like amazing, right? It needs to really showcase your abilities as a designer because ultimately that big space at the top of a LinkedIn profile is the most visual part of anybody's LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So I don't I don't even think I've used mine because I created my account years ago. Like yeah. it it must be like you know, 15 years ago that I yeah, created yeah. the account. I don't think I've even used that um, header image. So, so that's, that's a good like one. prime real estate. You know, <laughs> if you're in design and you don't have your own LinkedIn header design, like that's job number one off of this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the second part is, you know, there's different elements of your LinkedIn profile. But for example, there's a new area. It's only been around about a year or so, but it's called a featured section of your LinkedIn profile. So you can actually put visual examples of your work. So let's say the the top logos that you've designed or your, you know, all the work that you've done, almost like a portfolio, that visually now can sit within your LinkedIn profile. So that sits um, just below the about section uh, on right. your profile. So again, you probably don't have one if you're listening to this and you you really don't engage with LinkedIn at all, but you can add that section to your profile, which allows you to showcase your work. 
Oh, wow. I, did, I didn't even know that was there. So, I mean, if you combine, you know, just what you said so far, the, like a nice header image, and then also add in like that featured section to show off some of your work right away. Yeah, immediately, I can see... if someone visits your profile, you're likely yeah. to turn a, a visitor to your profile into someone that might actually want to engage with your service. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I've always been reliant on people having to go to my website and have a look through. Mm -hmm. Actually, if you can show off your work on, on LinkedIn in that way, which I didn't, I didn't even know that uh, you could do that because I just don't, I don't use LinkedIn as, mm -hmm. as much as I uh, obviously could. So, I, that's, yeah. that's one thing that I need to look at. <laughs> well, treat it like a mini website. I mean, ideally, you don't want somebody that comes to your LinkedIn profile to have to go off anywhere else before they make a decision about whether or not you're somebody that they would consider messaging or that they would consider working with. So, um, I mean, there's all sorts of elements of your profile, but even like the about section, um, you've got 2,600 characters, including spaces to really talk about who you are and your story and what you're about and how you help customers and this most people write their profile all about them, whereas it should be very customer centric about how you solve problems for your for your customers and ultimately, you know, showcase the people that you've worked with and why you're so passionate about logo design or graphic design. So I think there's lots you can do with the profile um, that is, is just being missed, really. The second part of it is it's another P. It's it's prospecting. So this is the bit that most people find scary. And all it is, is just building your network with potential customers. I mean, you alluded to the fact that, you know, you a lot of people do get messages and pitches and bad sales messages coming through their inbox. But there is a way to do that the right way that isn't salesy and isn't pitchy. That actually is about just firstly understanding before you start doing that, who actually is your ideal client? Who is, you know, take some time to think about like if you take LinkedIn who do you actually want to be designing logos for what type of brands what type of industries you might be very generic and have you know a very broad base of clients or you might actually say well look I actually really want to do this for the I don't know FMCG industry and consumer brands or I only want to do this for cosmetics or whatever it is but pick out what your ideal client is and I I actually have an acronym for this the word ideal to help people really identify who they want to go for on LinkedIn. So the I stands for the industry sector. So who, what industries do you want to work in? Because on LinkedIn, you can go search for those industries. You can find potential customers who are in those industry sectors. The D stands for demographics. So this is things like the size of the company. Do you want to work for solopreneurs or you do want to work for big brands or do you want to work for you know massive FTSE 100 companies? What is the demographic? How much revenue are they doing? You know, all those kind of things that for the companies that you want to serve, like what do they actually look like? The um, the E stands for experience. So what's the job title of the person you need to speak to? So if you're going to target bigger companies, you might want to be talking to the marketing director or the chief marketing officer. What is the job title of the person you want to be connecting with so that you can put the right people into your network? The A is more to do with the attributes of the companies you want to work with, so the kind of the values they have and the, you know, what is it about the clients you already work with that you love that you want to find more of? And finally, the L stands for location. So where do you want them? Do you work globally? Do you just want them on your back doorstep within 50 miles of your house? Or do you want all of the UK? Wherever, you know, whatever location it is, just write that stuff down. Because once you've got a picture in your head of exactly what type of ideal client you have, then all of your content, your profile, everything you do on LinkedIn can be aimed at getting those ideal clients into your network.
That was incredible. I wasn't expecting such a detailed answer. Um, so, so something that came to mind while you were uh, talking through that on the last episode, hopefully when I released this, it would have been the uh, last episode. I did an interview with a graphic designer called Craig Burton, mm -hmm. and he focuses primarily on schools in mm -hmm. New Zealand and he's actually one person that uses LinkedIn successfully yeah um you know when I when I think of people that are actually using it successfully in the graphic design space he's the only person that comes to mind right now yeah and I I get it because you know you've gone through those different features and because he has focused on a niche and, uh, you know, within that episode, we did say that new designers don't necessarily need to uh, go down that route. But yeah. actually, because he has selected a niche, it's been a lot easier for him to know exactly the type of person he wants to target. You know, so everything that you said, he can easily work that out and easily target exactly the uh, uh, right people. Um, but I'm sure even, you know, I, I target more like a generalist audience so any yeah. basically anyone that needs a logo design if they get in touch <laughs> I'm, I'm generally happy to uh, take on the project if it seems like a good fit you know if we get on well on on the phone um, but actually I know uh, you know just just having a think about it there is probably a specific demographic and a specific type of person that uh, I, I would personally want to attract so actually sitting down and writing down those things and coming up with some kind of plan is uh, de definitely beneficial to do. Yeah. And, it, and when it comes to content and what you what you put out there on platforms like LinkedIn or other social media platforms for that matter, you're then talking to those people with that person in mind. So it doesn't mean you won't attract other types of clients. It just means that in an ideal world, if you were to pick an industry or a, one that, you know, something that you've got either experience in or that you just love working in that space, then you're more likely to do more of that work. That's all, all I'm saying. So it, you're not excluding anybody by picking a niche or picking, a, you know, you don't have to pick one industry. I mean, his is, Craig's is very specific, yeah. but it's just about really thinking about it before you try and do anything on a platform like LinkedIn, because if your profile is talking to everybody, quite often you'll attract nobody. So if you if you talk about the industry sectors you specialize in or that you've even if you just look back at all the customers you've had since you started, there'll probably be a pattern. You know, there'll yeah. probably be a theme. As you said, there's probably some common connections either in the types of businesses or the industry sectors. There'll be something in common. And then you just you can cut, you know, when you get to a point where you are getting inbound leads on a regular basis and you are creating leads through something like LinkedIn, you can then pick and choose what projects you do take on because you're in yeah. a position to. But obviously, if someone is just starting out, they will, you know, most people will take anything and everything when they first start out. But if you're proactively going out there to get certain clients, just make sure it's something that you want to have fun with and you enjoy doing and that you've just got a clear picture of what that client looks like. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've I've found um, so I've I've been focusing primarily on logo design now for mm -hmm. probably like ten years. But realistically, you know, when I went full time, it's only a couple of years ago. And I found mm -hmm. since then, actually, there is a pattern of the type of clients that I generally do go ahead with. So in in my in my case, it's it's usually related to 
healthcare, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, you know, like technology, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I can see how I, I, I think, you know, as you get more experience, so pe- people knew, you know, it does make sense to kind of take on everything that you can. But when you've been doing it a few years, yeah. like I have, it does make sense to start to narrow down that focus and to start focusing yeah. the uh, messaging and, and the uh, type of person that you uh, want to target. Yeah. So prospecting, you know, once you've got that ideal client in mind, then you can start to use LinkedIn to go find those people and, and reach out to them and actually add them into your network. So that's what the prospecting element is. So before you even do any prospecting, you've got to understand exactly who it is that you want. But once you've identified them, you can start to use LinkedIn, whether you're on the free version or the sales navigator version. But most people will be on the free version that they're listening to this. You can start to use that search bar at the top there to put different keywords in and to kind of break that down into the industries that you want and the job titles that you're looking for and things like that. So um I've got quite a few articles on my LinkedIn profile in the featured section, funny enough. So if someone is looking to kind of learn some of the search techniques, there's a few free articles on my LinkedIn profile, uh, which I'm sure we'll put in the show notes. Yeah. Um, But if you do want to kind of start to look at things like that, then there are some, some articles I've got around search and how you can really target people. And then it's about approaching them people in the right way. So not with a big sales pitch or, you know, the last thing you want to be doing is when you message someone is trying to just immediately pitch them logo design as soon as you've either invited them or connected with them. So um, <laughs> as I get so thing. many. It's one thing that I really dislike about <laughs> LinkedIn is that, you know, you get you get someone to add to you and immediately, immediately they just do a sales pitch. And it's like, yeah. this isn't even relevant to me. No. <laughs> Did you even look at my profile? I know. It's so, um, so definitely don't be doing that now, but um you know, so the prospecting element is simply about building your network. And the best way to look at it is to think, well, every behind every LinkedIn profile is a real human being. And it's it's the same as going into a networking event where you're going to go and exchange business cards. You don't know who you're going to find in the room, but you can you'll still build a relationship and turn a stranger into a friend. So that's probably the best way to consider LinkedIn prospecting is that you're not doing it to generate sales or you know or get meetings you're doing it to build relationships and a network and the other thing I think for logo design is I would probably be also looking to add people into my network who were potential referral partners so let's say you were partnered up with um, somebody that's running a marketing agency or social media agency you could you could build a relationship with them and then when they have a need for logo design that they're outsourcing it potentially to a, to, to somebody that's listening to this. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't just go after end clients. You might also want to build those relationships of people that might refer you regular logo design work rather than just end customers who might only use you once. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had that experience recently. I had a telephone call a couple of days ago with a guy that runs a, an agency and I'm going to be helping with uh, one of their projects. So I, oh, I totally, um, I totally agree with that. So when you say that you you found these prospects and you connect with them, wh- how are you approaching that? Are you just adding them, like adding them as a connection or are you sending them a, a message of some kind? So it really depends on what your purpose is. So if you just want to put people in your network um, who are in your target market and then use your content to get visible in front of them, you can do that. I do recommend, however, that you are reaching out to them. And then just a couple of days after they've said yes to connecting with you, 
that you drop them a, a, a very soft kind of relationship building type message, not to book a meeting or to sell them anything, but just a, a second message that kind of follows up with that conversation. So, I mean, if someone's in a full-time business development sales type function, then I would be recommending that you're doing like 20 of those a day. But if you're in you're running your own business, you're doing logo design, you've got lots of client work on, then you know, you could be invite five people a day, simple. It takes five minutes to invite five people a day. And then a little follow-up message afterwards just to start the conversation. Um, nothing too heavy, but you know, there's lots of different ways you can do it. So that's what I do recommend is that if you're not prospecting every day on LinkedIn, then you're not putting people into your pipeline and not putting the right people into your network who potentially are going to see you on the newsfeed or go visit your profile or whatever. So it's, it, there's, there's definite advantages to growing your network on a consistent basis for sure. Yeah. And this goes in in line with another recent interview I did with a guy called Hayden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so the episode was focused on how you can get a consistent income. Mm-hmm. And um, actually going on LinkedIn and, and building your network uh, in the way that you've said here is actually really simple to do. And actually, the more I think about it, I can see how it could be incredibly successful, especially if you have that target demographic worked out properly because it makes it easier to narrow down the type of person that you want to attract and if you're creating content that specifically targets them then it's uh you can't really lose can you it's uh (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so so profile is one prospecting is another and then there's two more areas that i think are important right so one of them is posting so it's another p so posting um because if you're, there's no point in adding people into your network if you're then going to be completely invisible. And the fact that you are in logo design is, and you know, is very visual business, right? You know, so yeah. showcasing what you're up to, and there are, I mean, I talk about twenty different content themes that you could you could post about on the newsfeed, but it's really kind of opening and pulling the curtains back on what you're doing and documenting your journey and really kind of putting yourself out there in terms of you know, what you're working on and who you're not necessarily who you're working with, because I know you don't always want to show share what clients you have, but you could talk about, I mean, let me ask you a question and I'll give you an example. Sure. This is what I call the seven day hack in terms of content, right? So what have you worked on in the last seven days? Just give me an example of something you've done in the last seven days. Um, so this week I finished a logo design project and I prepared a presentation for the client. Great. What type of industry was it? So it's fitness related, but it's connected with music as well. So it's quite oh, nice. cool what they're doing. <laughs> Very cool. So like what you just told me there is a post on LinkedIn. True. <laughs> right. So you could do a post saying, I've had a really exciting week. I've been working with this amazing health and fitness brand that are doing something totally unique and really cool. Um, I've helped them with their logo design. Um, I've, you know, the client's delighted, did a big presentation for them. and they, I'm really looking forward to seeing the end result. Boom. That's a post. Nice. That's nice and simple and quick and easy. Really to come simple. Up with as it, well. You can literally <laughs> pull anything from your diary in the last seven days and create a piece of content about it. So it could be a, a prospect that you've met. It could be a sales meeting you've had. It could be a piece of work you've been working on. It could be a plan you've made for a client. It could be a networking event. It could be something you've listened to, somewhere you went. There's so many things that you could post about. And it doesn't always have to be like work related. It could be I don't know something personally. So I did one yesterday that's all about well well being and the stuff that we're doing in our team for you know walking and exercise and things like that. 
Um, and then the other seven days is the next seven days you've got coming up, right? So you look at the last seven days and think, well, what could I post about that I've done in the last seven days? And then now look forward to what you've got coming up next week. So think about what's in my diary next week. What am I planning ahead for? And that's content as well. So it's just really simple things to post about. And you might think, well, who's interested in like what I'm working on? But actually, if you put the right people into your network who are in health and fitness, who are in healthcare, who are in whatever, and then you're showing up on the news feed, suddenly you start getting visibility with all these people who might in the future need your services. And what social selling is all about is about staying top of mind so that when somebody does need a logo design, they think of you first. And that's when they inbox you and say, Hey, you know, I've been following you on LinkedIn. I like the look of all the designs you've been doing. You clearly seem like you're busy with lots of other customers in our industry. It would be great to have a chat about how you could help us. And it might be six months down the line from today, but that's how you constantly get this flow of leads coming in because you're putting the right people into your network and showcasing what you can do. Yeah. So something I really like about what you've spoken about here is how simple it is. Because I know with like, platforms like Instagram. Instagram is really popular for graphic designers, but one of the downsides of that is so time consuming. Like it takes yeah. you can you can spend you can spend like an entire day just creating like a carousel of images yeah. or you know creating like blog content. But but the great thing with this and it's what I always liked about Twitter. Like I I use Twitter all the time. Yeah. Um not so much now but mm -hmm. it sounds like what you're talking about is very much micro blogging it's like just yeah. updating people exactly. and uh, I, I've never really considered that because you know even like yesterday I had a fantastic telephone call with an old client that I, I worked with uh, a couple of years ago I'm excited to be working with them again Perfect. that is a post. <laughs> I mean that's huge credibility right the fact that you've worked with them in the past they're coming back to you I mean that's just seeding that you're good at what you do that your clients stay with you and that you are, you know, that you're credible. So your whole, the whole time you're trying to raise your visibility and raise your credibility. And when you do those two things together, it just leads to opportunities. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I love that because I don't even need to mention the client name. No, so there's no breach of like GDPR no, or confidentiality. Not at all. You don't, you the industry. I mean, you can describe them roughly, but yeah. you don't have to say, I was working with tag the company. Like you don't want to be doing that because ultimately you don't want to be sharing all your you know, clients. And I sometimes tag a client with permission. Like if I've done a piece of work for a client and they're really happy with something and I get permission to talk about their case study or whatever, that's, that really is social proof that you're good at what you do. If you've mm -hmm. got permission from the client to share, you know, when they do their launch or they put their brand out there, you can, you know, the fact you can talk about the, the fact that you were involved with their logo design, but obviously in, in all those other kind of seven day kind of examples I gave you that you can just be sharing what you're up to. Like it's just documentary of what you're doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned about 20 different types of content. Um, you don't have to run through them all <laughs> or now, but do you, do you have a list of what they are somewhere that pe people can well, access? The, be the best thing to do is if you guys are learning something from this podcast, like I've got a book called LinkedIn Mound, which does go through all the content themes. And I'm about to launch a new Perfect. book called LinkedIn Outbound, which is more about the prospecting side of things. So that would be a good place to start. I mean, I'm always sharing great content on LinkedIn anyway. Um, and I have a LinkedIn newsletter that goes out to all my um, subscribers on LinkedIn. So again, if someone wanted to subscribe to that, it's sitting in the featured section of my profile. So, but I mean, documentary is one of the 20 themes, just as an example. Um, another one that's quite good for lead generation as well is, um, is education. So, 
you know, if you're listening to this and you're in logo design, you know, there are a lot of people out there that actually try to do design themselves and they don't do a very good job of it, right? So, um, but education, top tips, you know, your top, I mean, at the moment, it's January 2022 as we're recording this. So, you know, why not do a post about your 22 top tips for 2022 for, you know, for logo ideas or some, just something that's really simple, but it, you're being very educational and helpful to your potential audience, you know? So, there, there are things you can share about design that don't give away like how to do it all, but at the same time showcase you as somebody credible and valuable and helpful, you know? So if you can be seen as that person that's helpful and valuable, again, people are more likely to come to you when they do need your help. I interrupt this interview for a short message from the sponsor of this episode, The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created with Adobe stock assets and earn your chance to play on a game show to win big. As designers, we pitch good vibes and great ideas through visuals all day, every day. But how well does our design communicate? Do clients and higher-ups really understand the work we put in front of them? Well, let's find out. Test your skills by assembling a brand-inspired mood board with Adobe stock images to the perfect match. And if your skillful product is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other groovy designers, art directors, and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's free to participate in the perfect match. And if you submit an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. To take part and to learn more, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. That's theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. So now let's get back to the interview. So we've gone through profile prospecting and, and posting. Is there just three P's or is there more? Well, than... there's, a, there's no, this one isn't a P, but I'm going to give it to you <laughs> okay. anyway because it doesn't fit with a P. But the, the final one is is um, something called engagement. So this is where you are liking, commenting, and actually interacting with the newsfeed. So whether that's other people's content or your own, there is a way to get in in front of people without actually posting content. And that is simply to just follow the type of businesses that you want to be um, doing work with and follow the people that you want to be doing work with. So let's say you wanted to do some work for a chief marketing officer or a marketing director who happens to work in an industry that you're interested in. Well, if you see them posting on LinkedIn and then you make an insightful comment or you engage with their posts, you're getting your brand very visible with those people, for example. And everybody else that's liked or commented on the post is also going to see that comment on the newsfeed as well. So it's a really simple thing to do. And it can take literally a couple of minutes just scrolling through the newsfeed on your mobile phone, just find some pieces of content that you like the look of from people that you potentially could do business with and engage with their content because that's a great way to get visibility and it's a great way to stay top of mind again with your uh, with your network mm -hmm, mm -hmm. again i love everything that you're saying because something that i'm really uh, lazy with is uh you know spending t so much time on creating content when i've got so much client work but everything that you've said so far is stuff that you can do in the uh, what I would describe as kind of like dead time. Yeah. Absolutely. So when I used to post a lot on Twitter, I would do it, say, well, like I'm eating my breakfast or well, um, you know, I'm sat 
waiting for the train or something like that. There's yeah. always these 10 minute slots throughout the day where you can do something productive. So rather than just, I don't know, scrolling through Facebook or something like that, you can actually, or, or playing a game on your phone or whatever, you can actually do something really productive yeah. with LinkedIn and just make that your uh, like routine. And everything that you said so far, you can just dedicate like 60 seconds, even in 60 seconds, you can actually seconds make seconds of progress. that. A few likes, few comments, like easy, easy peasy. I mean, this does not have to take hours and hours of someone's day. I mean, I, I generally have like a 15 minute a day system. So you spend five, five to seven minutes adding some people into your network. You spend five minutes creating a post and you do three minutes of engagement. That's 15 minutes a day. Everybody's got 15 minutes a day. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the type of thing that I like because, um, when when you are a graphic designer, one of the hardest things is you've always got client work and that yeah. kind of needs to be the priority. Yeah, and updating your website, doing stuff that's, you know, like marketing, it doesn't directly make money. You know, like like you're you just like you, you have to make time for it because you want clients to come in, but you're spending time on something that's not immediately bringing in uh, cash. So it can be really hard to dedicate, you know, hours, days uh, yeah. sometimes weeks to create really good content but yeah like I said even if you have 60 seconds for this it's it's progress and exactly. that 60 <laughs> seconds could attract a new client yeah in fact I had a client this week do it just she literally she's a she's a coach and she works only with like top CEOs and she just literally went and left a comment on a on a CEO's profile just in the comments under something he had posted and she re- she left quite an insightful comment and he inboxed her and said, I think we need to talk because it triggered him to look at her profile. And he's the CEO of a very, 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 very large organization in the UK. And she's got a meeting with him today off the back of just putting one comment on his um, on his profile. I think she's going to land him as a client too. So, you know, wow. just one piece of engagement. And she's the classic, oh, I'm always working with clients. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm like, it doesn't have to take long. It's a couple of, couple of minutes a day max of just like checking in on your newsfeed, finding someone that you can like and comment on their post and you never know where that's going to lead to. So, yeah. And I can imagine it's, it's, it's a domino effect, like a compound effect. Yeah, so absolutely. like in that scenario, uh, that person that you mentioned there, that person's got in touch with them. That person could then recommend them to a whole exactly. load of other people. Yeah, exactly. And that's just from, you know, commenting on one person's exactly. post. So yeah, it's incredible really. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, this is not rocket science. It's just stuff that you can do in and around your other stuff that you've got going on, your other projects, etc. I mean, if you are listening to this and you don't have a full book of client work, which is very possible, then invest more time in it than 15 minutes a day, you know, do an hour a day and, you, you know, you'll just fast track your way to success. So I think it's, I think it just depends on where you're at in your business. Like you're very established. You've got a you know, big, big amount of clients. You've got a lot of client work going on. But the challenge in your world is that, you know, you get busy with client work and then all oh, suddenly then all the client work finishes and like, oh, where's my next client? So exactly. Right, and you get this, <laughs> you get this roller coaster cash flow effect, don't you? Where you've got this peaks and troughs, peaks and troughs, because you, you get busy and you get some new clients and then you spend all your time doing the work and then you get to the end of the work and go, right, oh, I need another client now. So by doing a little bit every day consistently, you're more likely to be just getting a drip feed through of uh, all the time of people that want to that want to engage with you. And once you get to that point, it's a nice problem to have. You can either put your prices up or you can pick and choose who you want to work with. But Ultimately, if you're not doing these things on a daily basis and consistently, you're not going to end up with 
that situation where you finish a piece of work and the next one's already starting. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's really good advice because there's probably a lot of people out there that are in similar situation to me. Like I, I do have those, like sometimes I have months where I do really well mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's like, I've made enough, <laughs> but it's not as, uh, I've not been as busy as I would like to as have been. As you would like to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Um, another area that I would like to talk about with LinkedIn is there are a lot of groups and communities. I I've, know I've, I've joined some of them, but again, I don't really use LinkedIn as much as I should be based on this conversation. Um, so how how can people leverage these groups and communities again to, to grow their uh, network right now I wouldn't <laughs> really <laughs> why groups, groups on LinkedIn as as I currently talk to you in January 2022 are pretty much dead like they are not a good place to be spending and investing time I think that will change at some point in the next six to 12 months I think the groups will reignite and they will do something with them but I wouldn't invest any of the time in groups and communities on LinkedIn at the moment um, I do have a couple of groups, but I use them primarily for my client base. I don't use them to prospect or generate new right. customers. They're just dead at the moment. There's no engagement in them. They used to be very, very strong. And then Facebook groups came along and are just totally blown it out of the water. And LinkedIn groups became this big spamming and pitching thing and everybody stopped using them. Um, and LinkedIn is not prioritizing content from them either. So even if you are in a group, you're not seeing what's going on in those groups. So I would totally avoid groups and communities until LinkedIn does something about them. How interesting, because I, I have joined some groups, but I've never seen any value in them. I've never seen anything in my right feed. <laughs> and that's why it, make, it makes sense based on what, what you said. There are a few other features that would probably benefit. So, um, you know, like there's there's a couple of things new on LinkedIn that people listeners might not know about. So there's something called creator mode, which only came out about six months ago. Um, and by switching on creator mode, you get access to different features like LinkedIn Live, for example, and LinkedIn newsletters. And there's certain things that are available only to people that say, like, I'm a creator on LinkedIn. So there's only about 5% of all members of LinkedIn. I mean, there's 800 million members and only 5% of them actually create content. So there's a huge opportunity, especially if none of your competition are leveraging LinkedIn for you as a logo designer or graphic designer to really leverage the platform because most people are invisible on LinkedIn. They have a profile, just like you said, I've got a profile, but I don't do anything with it. There's such a huge opportunity for you to start dominating in your space and really kind of be like the go-to person within the LinkedIn environment for what it is that you do. So um, so I would definitely leverage some of the newer tools available to you. You know, it's it's a phenomenal platform when you really start to understand how to leverage it. And the great thing about LinkedIn is that you can get massive, massive reach on your brand for free. I mean, you can put a post out there with only a few thousand connections and hit 70,000 views on a post without sponsoring it, without paying for it, without having to invest any money whatsoever. Because if you build your personal brand and build your business brand on LinkedIn, like it's phenomenal the amount of people you can reach for nothing. So that create a live thing that you mentioned, is that like a setting that you need to turn on in order? Yeah, to so create a, mode, create a mode you'll find if you go into your LinkedIn profile there's something called a dashboard, which sits kind of underneath your about section. It's gray and it's like, it's got, it's where you see how many people have viewed your profile and where you see your search appearances. It's like a little mini dashboard. And in there, there's a little button you can switch to on that turns you into what's called creator mode on LinkedIn. So you'll get certain features ahead of other members if you are on creator mode. 
Um, there are a few other things it does. It puts you into follow only mode and it um, puts your featured section at the top rather than further down. So again, if you've got your case studies and your logos and your, you know, the work that you've done, that will sit nice at the top of the profile instead of further down the page. There's nice. lots of things that will do if you put creator mode on, but don't put it on unless you actually are going to be creating content. Like there's no point in saying I'm, I'm in creator mode if you're actually never posting anything on the platform. Yeah. So, so would it count like adding case studies as uh, content creation? If it's posted in the newsfeed, then it would be classed as content. If you're putting something in your featured section, then not. Right. Okay. So if you're putting a few pieces of work in your in your profile, that that doesn't class as content in the newsfeed area of LinkedIn. You'd have to be sure, posting sure. regularly to. I mean, we're yeah. not talking like tons of content. I mean, three posts a week would do it. Um, you know, it's not massive amounts of of content. You don't need to be on there like 15 times a day or anything. But a minimum three times a week posting would would you know would be enough to start getting you that traction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, most most graphic designers I know they are already creating content in some way, but they might just say be focusing on um, Instagram. Yeah. So they could technically just repurpose yeah, that content repurpose and it post across, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you mentioned about the like, there's the free version, which obviously most people are going to be having, mm -hmm. and then like the premium version. Is there any benefit to upgrading to that premium version? So there's there's four different types. So you've got free, then you've got um, premium, then you've got sales navigator, and then you've got the recruiter licenses. So the one that um, I, I, everyone listening to this, in my opinion, should just be working on the free account, uh, unless you're in a pure business development function and you're in a sales role, or you like like you really need clients. I wouldn't be moving into any of the paid versions. Um, sales navigator is an amazing tool but unless you're going to get fully trained on how to use it and you're going to use it really regularly um, for prospecting then i wouldn't i wouldn't say anyone listening to this necessarily needs to have any of those extra tools most of what we're talking about here can all be done on the free version yeah that is that's exactly what i was hoping that you would say um because it seems like there's a lot of incredible features that are very good mm -hmm. and i know anytime i've uh like sometimes uh linkedin give you the ability to like have a free trial for like the premium version yeah i don't and no. it's not very good well i, I haven't found any benefit for it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think they made the uh, free version too good to uh you know warrant people to actually upgrade to do the other yeah thing, I, th so. I think that i think they will at some point um maybe start doing some of the paid features and you know i think some of the moves they're making at the moment like i don't know if you're aware but linkedin audio is about to hit so if you're familiar with clubhouse linkedin is just rolling out their version of clubhouse in audio rooms oh. in linkedin so that's hot off the press that's all just happening in the last couple of days so the oh, beta wow. testing of of linkedin audio um is is literally rolling out at the moment so so that's coming. If you enjoy Clubhouse, LinkedIn is about to roll roll out its own version within the platform. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I know um, uh, Twitter kind of copied it. So Twitter has, is it Spaces? Twitter Spaces? I got really into Clubhouse when it came out. I thought it was an incredible um, application, especially because it was very... Um, business focused yeah. like we, when you when you had the conversation through the platform there was a, a level of uh, seriousness to to all of it twitter i don't know it just seems 
anytime I've jumped in on anyone's space, it just seems like a load of garbage. So I'm actually really excited about LinkedIn releasing this. Yes, I thought <laughs> it would be interesting. I think it'll be one of those things in the beginning, a bit like clubhouses where everybody jumps into it and then it'll yeah. plateau and find its place. But I think, you know, they are really rolling out loads of new features and lots of new products. And I, I mean, LinkedIn, I know not everybody sees it as a really exciting platform. But like for me, from a business to business perspective, I mean, there's no better place right now for you to be building brand, getting people to know who you are and getting that visibility on on, on what you're about. So I think it's a phenomenal tool and, and anyone that's not leveraging it right now is missing massive opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is with Clubhouse, um, you had to like start all over from scratch and you mm-hmm. could... Uh, something I started doing was having like a weekly uh, conference. So I would I would invite a panel and we would answer questions to people in the room. So if that does come into LinkedIn, I think that would be really good for like establishing a reputation and credibility and, um, you know, coming across as a, an authority. Yeah, I rarely use Clubhouse. Like I, I was using it for a couple of months, and it was incredible during lockdown. During lockdown, yeah. what a time! Yeah, using it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I um, so I mentioned earlier that I had a telephone call from an, an agency, and they, uh, you know, I'm going to be working on a project for them. That actually came from a Clubhouse conversation. <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, so I, I do think uh, something like that on LinkedIn would be really good. And uh, yeah. you can probably well, tell. It's, from... <laughs> it's not available to everyone yet, but they're in beta test mode. They've got a, a bunch of people who are trialing it. It's like when they rolled out newsletters. I got newsletters about a year and a half ago. And now only now it's rolling out to everybody. So it'll be a bit of a slow, slow rollout. Um, it's not yeah. going to come like straight away, but just hot off the press that is is about to hit LinkedIn. So. That's exciting. So, I mean, talking about new features, there was a couple of features that I didn't even know about. So like on your profile, uh, you've there's actually like a little audio clip thing next to your name so that you yes. can click and, and hear how you say your name. Yeah. Um, I've seen other people actually like do a little introduction using it. Uh, how long How long has that feature been there? Because I didn't even know that existed <laughs> until I went on your profile. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's two kind of areas. So you've got your name pronunciation, which is the little 10-second audio clip, which you can add in. Um, again, you can record that from your mobile version of LinkedIn. And then the other feature is a little 30-second video inside your headshot where you could literally someone hits your profile and a couple of seconds after this little 30-second intro video. It's called a cover story. Um, so that again, you can find in the mobile version of LinkedIn, just go into the app, hit on edit profile, and you can record your audio pronunciation of your name, pronunciation, sorry. Um, I never pronounced that right or pronounce, oh, <laughs> someone, someone from the BBC called me out on it the other day saying I was saying pronunciation wrong. Um, anyway, so the cover story, again, you just go to edit profile, go to where you'd normally change your photograph and you'll see a little plus button that will say record a cover story or add a cover story. Um, so there are a couple of little features. I think it really brings the profile to life. If you're yeah. always fed up with somebody pronouncing your name wrong, then get that 10 second audio done so that people don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's just a few little features, but again, people just go visit my profile. You'll see all the different things there. And I'm always talking about new features. If there's a new thing rolling out, 
chances are and probably posting about it or putting in my newsletter or putting some content out about it so yeah yeah well like I said I, I went on your profile and um I mean I, I say I don't really use LinkedIn but sometimes I do go on there and you know you add connections and so on <laughs> but it's like there was things on your account I'm thinking I haven't even seen that before like the um video you mentioned yeah. I didn't even know that was there yeah. just, just so I understand it can you only add that up from your mobile? Yeah, so you can only add the cover story from your mobile. Um, the name pronunciation, I'm not sure. I'm pretty certain that's a mobile thing as well. Um, right. But yeah, and then the other thing I would, again, people don't realize, you can use things like video and voice inside the messages as well. So sending a video to somebody that's recently connected with you is a smart move to do. And you can also audio message people too. So I tend to use those features quite a lot within the inbox because it, adds that layer of personality and it gives the personal touch and you know it's it's a phenomenal tool to use um somebody read my book and he messaged me and he said I've been doing a video like a 30 second video to every new person that asked me to connect with them and he said I'm getting so many leads and so much business from doing it because nobody uses it um so if you get a video message through your inbox well no one uses that so you're bound to click on it you're bound to remember the person and it's a really nice little feature if you're not using it just to be aware of yeah, well, I, again, I, I've not even seen anyone do that before, so I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, in fact, you know, just having this conversation now, there seems to be a whole load of things that I should be doing. Like, this is stuff, everything that you said, it's it like, it doesn't take long. Like, yeah. adding a 30-second video to your profile, that takes, you know, you, I, I probably record it a few times, but, like, no yeah. more than half an hour to add yeah. something good to it. Yeah. Adding your pronunciation... Uh, adding featured images you know I've already got stuff in my portfolio adding those is yeah. going to be quick and easy yeah. uh, posting content you know that's a, a two-minute job um, yeah there's there's so much that I know I should be doing I just haven't been and now I'm like kicking myself like yeah. you know should be doing <laughs> well, this every you know, single day really 2022 and so you know you've got the resolutions <laughs> get yourself a little plan um, you know and figure out you know and it it's not about doing every single thing, but like, even if you just did a few of the things that we've suggested on here and someone listening to this has never used LinkedIn before, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lot of information I've given, but just simple steps. Don't try and do it all at once. You know, just get consistent and don't worry too much about the content. Like people always get stopped from posting because they're worried about like how it's going to come across or it's not perfect or they get this imposter syndrome going on. So you're better to just do it. And then you'll get better over time, but just commit to being consistent. That's my word for this year, yeah. consistency. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've always been a good believer in, you know, having a goal and, and putting aside just 10 minutes. Like as long as you can put to 10 minutes towards something, you will eventually get to the top. So I like the analogy, you know, you want to reach the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. If you keep making one step a day towards the top of that mountain, you will reach it no question because yeah. you know you're walking in a straight line and actually you know if your goal is to get uh recurring consistent clients actually a lot of the stuff that you said in here takes 10 minutes less even if you have like 30 seconds you can actually make some uh progress and that 30 seconds could equate to you actually getting um a new client so actually it's been you know in incredible advice you've really crammed a lot into this uh episode um, so you've, you've kind of already answered this question already, but what's the best way of keeping up to date with everything LinkedIn? Like, are, are there any special blogs or articles or, or anything that, that you would recommend people 
look at to keep up to date with this stuff? Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn do have like their product team are on LinkedIn. So you can connect with and follow like their product team for different. So for example, I just followed yesterday, the guy that's responsible for the audio rooms, for example, um, they do right. have blogs. Uh, so you can sign up to LinkedIn's blogs. They'll, they'll stick them in your inbox. They aren't the best at telling you about new features rolling out. Suddenly you'll just log in one day and have something. Um, but one of the best things you can do is obviously follow people like myself. I'm not the only person out there that teaches LinkedIn, but um, you know, there are lots and lots of people out there that um, that post regularly. So follow 10, 20 different LinkedIn coaches and LinkedIn experts. And, you know, one of us is bound to be posting about yeah, something. Yeah. Um, I always try and keep my audience up to date with what's happening on LinkedIn. So my newsfeed, my newsletter, et cetera. Um, I do have a podcast as well called Social Selling with Sam. So I tend to put like new features and things like that or talk about those on the podcast too. So yeah, but there's all sorts of ways you can stay up to date, but usually just be connected with, you know, a bunch of us that are, that are immersed in this world all the time and and you'll find out what's going on for sure. Well, yeah, that, that's exactly why I got you on this podcast, because I wanted to do an episode about LinkedIn, did a search online, saw that you've done a few podcasts, listened to a few of them. It's like, yeah, you you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you've you've done quite a few interviews. So, you know, I have people just do want to learn more. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So people can go back and listen to those as well, and follow you online and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we crammed a lot into this. Um, we so did. I think you know th this seems to be a good point to uh, wrap things up. How can people learn more about you and and learn from more learn more from you other than what you've already shared with us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously, the my own LinkedIn profile, and um, pretty much on most other sites, if you're on Instagram, Twitter, it's, I'm usually just the handle is at Sam Rathling. So. I don't think there's any that I'm not anything else. Um, the book LinkedIn Bound would be a good place to start. That's a bestseller on LinkedIn. It's a step-by-step -step practical walkthrough as if you'd never used LinkedIn before. So that's a good place to start. Um, and the podcast, obviously, Social Selling with Sam. So I'm, you know, feel free to message me on LinkedIn if you've listened to the podcast. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Mention that you heard me on Logo Geek podcast and I'd be happy to, you know, have a conversation um, but I'm very open to connecting with people that hear me on different things. So just reach out if you need some help with anything. And otherwise, just follow all my content on LinkedIn and I'm sure you'll pick up some more tips. Yeah. And I'll link to all of that in the uh, show notes so that Great. people can easily find it. You know, they don't need to be frantically writing down all of this stuff. So, um, yeah, fantastic. This has been absolutely incredible um you know i've learned so much from this myself so i'm hoping that listeners will have got you know so much value out of it as well so sam thank you so much for coming on uh, it's been absolutely incredible and uh thank you for sharing so many insights with us thanks for having me have a great 2022 everyone Thank you so much to Sam for coming on. That was truly a masterclass in LinkedIn. So I hope that others would join me in taking on board her advice and following her content ongoing. For links to Sam's social profiles, books and podcasts, along with a transcription of the interview, check out the show notes for this episode, which you can find just by heading to logogeek.uk forward slash 121. And don't forget to go and check out the sponsor of this episode, The Perfect Match, and start designing your mood board design today. To learn more about that, head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash logogeek. So that's it for today, but I'll be back the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast.